You know, it could be a mailbag Wednesday because we want to read your comments here. We've been having all the discussions. We've had all the talk. We've thrown all of the preseason notions out here. But now it's really time to just get some feedback, right? We love it when our fans tell us a thing or two. So we're going to read some of your best comments throughout the week, especially on this episode from AJ Black of Locked On Boston College. It should be a good time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Very new to the show, true to the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, thank you for starting out your midweek with us. This is the Wednesday episode that we host every week with AJ Black of Locked on Boston College. More importantly than that, we are your team every single day. And so where you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channels. Now that we got the logistics out of the way, it's a fun show. We are gearing up for week zero. It's a high time to be a football fan because we know, like AJ said in his tweet, this is the last weekend of no football for quite some time, and everyone's pumped about it. Of course, you have to be too, AJ, I'm sure. Oh, I had a, I am so pumped. I had a BC Media Day on Monday, one of my favorite days of the summer where I get to talk to every single assistant and any players I want, basically one-on-one. Um, it was a great time. It, it really got me really energized and excited for the upcoming season. Please tell me that you got to talk about chop suey sandwiches. I did not. No, I did not talk about <laughs> chop suey sandwiches. I talked to Zay a little bit about winning the Blitnikoff. Mm-hmm. I talked to – we asked food questions to Halfley. Okay. Um, did he has he tried the chop suey sandwich yet? He has not tried the chop suey sandwich. He we're asking him who's the natural cook on the staff, and mm-hmm. he couldn't give us a straight answer on that. So that's a little concerning. But he was trying to be nice because he knows the calf people shut it down. I get it. You know, it's totally fine. Totally. Well, fine. he's got Dave DeGuglielmo, who's you know a, a real authentic <laughs> Italian dude, and if he's not the real cook, I mean, you don't want to hurt his feelings. You don't want to turn to hurt an Italian guy's feelings. You know what I mean? Honestly, you probably don't want to hurt his wife's feelings, who I'm sure makes the team dinners, you know, and has probably brought some food to the staff late nighters when they have to watch film and stuff. So that's that's what he was doing. He's a company man. Well, Love it. <laughs> no doubt. So as we move through all of this talk, we know like JJ Jackson, who is over having all the prep talk. He's ready for the real thing. thing. So are we. But we had a very spicy episode last week with AJ. We talked about Mario Cristobal and the expectations going into year one. And of course, our Miami friends, because we like to call it friends around here, because sometimes you guys get a little spicy. You think that we don't love you, but it's true. Like I'm, I'm a friend of I'm a friend of everyone on this show. They started feeling getting their feelings. Let me tell you, AJ, Alex Dono, our buddy from Locked on Canes, let us know when we were hosting the Ultimate College Football Preview Show that a lot of the fans, they'd be at, they'd be at it with us. They'd be letting us know how they feel. They, they're not happy with us? Yeah, they uh, tend to get really upset about how we essentially talk about our friends over there in, oh, there we go, we lost ourselves. Talk about our <laughs> friends um, in Coral Gables. Me? I, I have been nothing but complimentary. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. What, they what do they want? Feels. What do they want me to say? That Miami that, is Yes, Miami's back. Miami's going to win the national championship. We're sleeping on them, and we need to just hype them, hype them, hype them. Oh, come on. I, I, listen, <laughs> listen. I 
I have said nothing. I have them winning the the Coastal Conference, uh, mm-hmm. the division. I have them playing much better. I, I have said over and over again, though, and to every Miami fan listening out there, since the the late two, the early two thousands, mid two thousands, Miami has been back how many times, and how many times have they not lived up to that expectation? I need to see it. Listen, I'm not going to hype a team up unless they have proven it to me before. And I need to I listen, folks. I am not crapping Miami here. I just want to see it. And if I see it, all the power to them because I think they are doing something special. They have just burnt just like your UNC Tar Heels, Candace. They have burned me way too many times. <laughs> your pockets have been affected by Miami not coming through. Listen, I understand. But if we say Miami's going to win the whole thing, then our Pitt fans say there's no respect for Pitt. They are the defending champions. You guys don't love us. So whatever. We're going to go through these comments. I want to make sure you know. Sorry, right, first comment that was from my friend Sam Tazar Sabari. We're going to say that's his name, Sabari. Sam Sabari said the only pressure – on Mario, talking about Mario Cristobal for the season, is to simply not do what every single coach has done for the past 20 years, and that's underachieve. Here we go, AJ. Mario will be given three or so years to pull UM out of the abyss. Miami gets Mario gets three years, we think. I, I no. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? They they're built to win right now. Mm. You know, you got Tyler Van Dyke out there who, you know, if you want to hype, if some folks want to hype up Miami, hype up him because he's, he's the, he's the golden goose. That's going to get you past Pittsburgh He's the goose. that's going to get you past those other coastal teams and give you a chance to win the ACC. Yeah. I I don't think that I don't, I don't see them as a rebuild. You know, if you're talking national power, like winning the ACC and going on to the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good point. But I think they're going to go, they're going to go a huge step up. And it's not a re I don't consider that a rebuild. If you're content that right there, and if you win it, that is a successful year. And that's all, that's what he needs to do this year. He needs to win the coastal. And I'm not saying that that's a, a, a knock on crystal ball if he doesn't do it, but I think that's what the expectation is. And I think that's what, what everyone has set it up to be for the hurricanes and, you know, when you got a quarterback and, and team like Miami has kind of set themselves up with the trans and, and a quarterback like Van Dyke, you 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 got and, and a and a coastal conference that again I don't I don't think will be as strong this this a coastal division I always say conference coastal division as strong as maybe last year I think they they should win it and I think that's the expectation for this year. Very interesting, AJ, because I'm over here saying to myself, what more do you want from the man in year one? Like he took the chain away. He's got some discipline going. He's got all the players ready to go. Like he's brought the coaching staff that he thinks is going to help this team be successful. Can you let the man call a down in them as a Miami hurricane head coach before we're jumping down his throat and thinking he needs to be gone after year one? I'm just saying, I'm just saying we need to temper expectations. But speaking of which, our friend Damian Hernandez said expectations will vary from fan to fan, which we appreciate because we understand that some are a little fanatic and some are just, you know, very realistic. Year one for Mario is about creating a culture and establishing identity. The schedule is pretty manageable. I see eight or nine regular season wins. I could see eight or nine. That seems fair. And, yeah. I, you know, you win nine wins. Uh, again, I go back to this. They win nine games. They're going to win the, the, the Coastal. And... You know, and that's a manageable step. And I agree, though, like setting the culture, 
I think Mario Cristobal is already doing that. And I think he's doing an excellent job at that. And I think setting a culture and a, and a program is very underrated in terms of how valuable that is in terms of future success, because you can yeah. hit lightning in a bottle quick with one good player. But if you don't have the culture there, that guy goes off to the NFL and boom, where are you? Boom. You know Let's I mean? talk about Dino Babers who won had a 10 win season right. and everyone thought like, Oh, this is changing the tide for Syracuse football. And they have some good players, but not necessarily all the coaching staff pieces to make them be successful. So definitely understand that there. Last Miami fan that I want to touch on real quick, Joshua Boulay said, Candace, I've been a Hurricane fan since before you were born. Can you honestly say that Miami doesn't have a chance to beat Texas A&M? If Miami wins that game, sheesh. Miami has speed, speed. And they do. I'm not holding them. I think that even with despite the loss of Mike Harley, despite the loss of Charleston Rambo, I think Restrepo definitely has his opportunities from a wide receiver standpoint. But from what uh, our friend Alessano again told us, watching Tyler Van Dyke throw the ball to guys that were making drop after drop, it's a little concerning because if you have a great quarterback, that's all good. But if he ain't got nobody to catch it, the stats don't stand. Right, right, yeah. And – that you're gonna see have to see what the weapons are are, are able to do this year. What what yeah. what are they gonna be around Van Dyke? If you got guys out there dropping the ball or can't get open, he can be a magician back there. What's what's that gonna do? You know what I mean? He's gonna have some good weapons, and that's gonna be a big question mark for Miami heading into the season. No doubt about it. We're going to have one more. I forgot there's a Miami fan that I had to get in here. But you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but now you live nearby. You can you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. Could you kill someone? If you think if you're thinking that you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It's only one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or simply get pulled over. We're rocking with AJ Black of Locked On Boston College, who comes on each week. And I feel like the Wednesday reads are starting to give me like very much joy because I always enjoy listening, reading some of the comments that are friendly. Some of them are crazy. I, I've been called delusional. I said I hate on teams. You know, I just that just means more people are reaching. A Hokie fan got mad at me today. I said the Virginia Tech Hokies yelling at you, girl. That's crazy. I'm over here just hoping Coach Pry has a good game. A good season, and yet here we are, AJ. But there, I'm right ahead. there with you, Candace. Uh, <laughs> on my Locked On BC YouTube podcast, I did an episode on Rutgers. Man, I did not know they had such angry fans. Oh, what? I could do a whole episode on the comments they are calling me, and uh, <laughs> anything but the child of God, I'm sure. It's, it's so funny. I I talked to a Rutgers podcaster who wanted to have mm-hmm. me on, and I go, "How did you find out about me?" And he goes, "Look." Every Rutgers fan knows you as the BC podcaster, and they all want to know what you have to say about this game. So, wow. Yep. Love that for you. And I think that it's really funny because uh, Drizzy Drake and I did an episode on the Big Ten landing the deal, and you would have thought I said Rutgers was smuck. Like, I was just saying that I ain't running to watch a Rutgers in Maryland game, and it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's no respect for the Big Ten. And I'm like, okay, calm it down. 
Take it, take well, it chill, I guess Bill. my comment when I said BC versus Rutgers is their Super Bowl, I uh, really set them mm. off because they're like, oh, we play Ohio State and Michigan. Then I proceeded to completely set them off. And I said, no, I meant games that you could actually possibly win because you're not winning those games. And that really set them off. <laughs> well, that was just a lovely spice to it. There was one Miami fan though that we were talking to last week, and he simply said the new now Mario got paid too much to win eight or nine games. And this is Feloc. I hoping it's forever. I love Atlanta, but you never know. I love shout out to you. And I said, is there a right price on bringing Miami back to center stage? Because I mean, to write your write your check if I'm Mario Cristobal. And clearly, they were desperate after Manny Diaz. And he said Manny was seven and five last year and he made three mil and he got more than any coach on the team. Mario got paid and he made a dream team staff. Eight or nine is going to be unacceptable. Ooh. And I, again, we talk about fan to fan here. Eight or nine for some of the, like for a Duke fan, that's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. never have to buy a beer in Durham, North Carolina again. Eight or nine, maybe even for Satterfield, keeps them around a little bit longer. Maybe even for Dino Babers, that keeps you around. Jeff Collins, there are some teams out here that are desperate for a win. My guy, Mike Norvell, give that man eight or nine games. I don't want to hear nothing from Knowles fans. Do you think that people are not realistic when it comes to having considering successful seasons, eight or nine wins? I think there's every fan base has delusional. <laughs> a delusion section and it all depends on what team you're talking about right like each group has their own like level of delusion whether it's you know the certain teams in the sec that feel like 11 wins are not acceptable because they have to go perfect yep. um, i mean they're firing coaches left and right in the sec for for seasons that some teams would die to have yeah and it looks like that's what miami set themselves up to be they want to set that expectation and hey you know what from an ACC perspective, what have we been clamoring about for the last two years, Candace? It's been, we need top level teams. We have Clemson and then a whole bunch of other teams, right? Yeah. It is in the conference's best health and looking at, you know, we get the media deals and all that good stuff if Miami plays well. So from a conference perspective, this is great. From a fan's perspective, that's a lot of pressure for, for Miami uh, to, to, to live up to and, and, you know, for a fan base, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably get slammed again. Again, BC fans are fickle too. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna just say that it's just Miami, but man, from all those empty Hard Rock Cafe stadiums, from going from that to ten wins or not, or nine wins are not enough for some. It's crazy. It's so crazy to see how people view what a successful season can be. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, maybe Cristobal's right. Maybe in the end, what he just views it as is setting that culture and doing the best that they can and seeing what happens. And yeah. that's what he sees it as. And he trusts himself because, man, he, you know, he is looking ahead and he's got some really big time recruits coming in, you know, top 10 recruiting class. He's getting there. Yeah. And maybe this year is just building culture. But, you know, nine wins should be successful for a team that just won seven the year before. 100%. And more than that, I feel like for a, conference that's trying to hold on to realignment for realignment people and people poaching and getting upset damn it if we got eight or nine win teams up here we can make our case for why you guys stick around like i think this is something that we should all collectively be excited about even though there are some fans that are just doom and gloom thinking that the acc is going is has met its has met its demise and we're just on the way we're going to get bought out and it's never going to be the acc as we knew it but 
you know, for those of us who are holding on to, I don't know, jobs, I think it's really nice to try and just really push for the elite of the elite to have some truly breakout seasons. Right. You, it, it only helps the ACC to have teams have big years. And it's nice to have Wake Forest have a big year, or it's nice to have, uh, you know, NC State have a big year. But in the end, you need those the the big the big dogs to be happy and yeah. to play good and play well. Excuse me. Florida State needs to step up. Miami needs to step up. Even Virginia Tech, you want to see them even play better. Those the the health of the conference does rely on those programs and. You know, Miami has been lacking. They have been slacking. So, you know, if they want to go get angry about the, the health of the ACC and where their slot is, it's kind of on them for for kind of. Is it Miami's fault that we're in this demise? Oh, my gosh. Hot burning take. Sizzling, sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> it's Miami's fault. Miami and FSU, the big old brands of the Florida, is the reason why the ACC has met its demise in this past couple of years. Clemson can only do so much. Clemson, South Carolina ain't going to bring out the whole city out the way Miami is, the way that everybody was a Miami fan since 1947. Like, ain't nobody going to have the same kind of energy and zhuzh as a Deion Sanders-esque in the Florida State Seminoles. Like, come on, y'all. Y'all can only look in the mirror, truly. The UNC can only do so much. We try our, we try our you know, in the basketball standpoint, Duke tries from a basketball standpoint, but from football standpoint, we were, we were leaning on y'all. Virginia Tech, I'm also looking at you, Hokies, if we're going to get mad at me, let's go ahead and get mad. Like, all right. y'all are supposed to help us. We were, we were, y'all were carrying the load, and y'all just decided you were tired. So, it really, like, it's up, it's up to y'all. Y'all should be upset to yourselves. Right. That This is like <laughs> if the SEC had the, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs in Alabama, you have Alabama playing really well, and then every other conference team playing, like, seven and five. Yeah, like that would make it the, the conference look bad. You'd expect to see the Auburns, the Georges to do that in the SEC, just like you expect historically for Florida State. And I know Miami really hasn't done much in terms of the conference championship, but when they were brought in from the Big East, that was the goal for them. And they haven't lived up to it yet. Yeah, And this is their chance. This is Miami's chance. Hey, you know what? The ACC isn't just clumps. This is our chance to be a national power again. The U is back. Here we are. Yes. Yeah, so we're 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 ending Read Wednesdays with a segment on reading Miami and FSU fans to fill because it's y'all's fault. It's your program's fault that the ACC is even in this place. The hottest take of the year. Boom. Mic drop. All right. So we're going. And and, and before you get into the comment section telling me about how BC doesn't matter. Yeah, I know that, but no one expected Boston <laughs> College to be the national powerhouse here. So you can take those comments and you can say them, but you know where we we all know where BC stood. You can you can stick it in a chop suey sandwich. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Now, as we transition on to ranking college football based on their FBS schools that are opponents that they have this season, I have a great article from my friend here, Chris Hummer. Uh, the Eagle Insider, as he's looking for the FBS conferences and talking about the 2021, the 2022 season and ranking the Power Fives. Of course, ACC finds itself below the pack, the bottom of the pack, alongside the Pac-12, who's also getting decimated as we speak. And so, having SEC be number one and have Big Ten number two, come on, y'all! Like, if there was ever a time to feel like ACC had pressure, this is the year. AJ, what were your thoughts when you read through some of these rankings and just overall where the ACC's position is right now? So I, I wouldn't have even sent this to you, Candace, if like if it was ACC number three, <laughs> you know, because we all expect the SEC to be number one. They, they yeah. have 
the top ta- top talent in, in you know all the net championship predictions is Alabama Georgia Alabama Georgia and then a smattering of makes sense why the Big Ten who has some good top talent is number two. What stunned me about this was where the ACC landed and they weren't number three. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve was number three. <laughs> Yeah. And that was what struck me. Now, I know they have Texas, and Texas has got that Miami uh, thing going on where they're back. And they have Oklahoma, who's always good. Yep. And they have Baylor and Oklahoma State. But to me, where I see the conference in terms of health, I just – I don't know. I see the ACC top to bottom better than I see the Big 12. Yeah. I would probably take the Big 12's top two teams over B, uh, over the ACC. So I would take Oklahoma and Texas over Clemson and whoever else. But mm-hmm. when you go from three down, I, give me the ACC all day. Yeah, and when you look at Texas and Oklahoma who are going to eventually find themselves in the SEC, I think those fans are similar to Florida State and Miami fans in terms of you can't be mad that your conference ain't shaking out when your programs ain't been great. And to me, it's running parallel pathing here on just if we're going to poach, let's poach ACC. Follow follow the Big 12's lead and go ahead and find a new home for some of these top schools so we can start getting some of these people money or we can just have people go into their rightful homes. I think that people still don't understand the ramifications that are going to come with these big realignment conversations because it's just going to be more money for football and men's basketball. Like as much as people want to talk about, oh, there might be an opportunity for like uh, Olympic sports and more money, more better distribution, blah, blah, blah. No, like we all know the name of the game is the horse race who can get the $8,000 million you know, stadium built and the locker rooms have custom made toothpaste handles that come out, you know, like if that's just what we know this is going to be. So I'm hoping that I rant, I, all that rant is to say is that the ACC and the big 12 are definitely neck and neck, but I'm feeling like the ACC is going to have a tick up this year. I just, I feel like Clemson is going to dominate. I feel like NC State is going to be in the conversation. I feel like Miami is going to do some good things and we're just going to be in a good place. That's what I want for us. Yeah. And when, when you get past the top three or right, with uh, in the big, in the big 12, mm-hmm. who, who in that schedule is, 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 ta- is that much better than the ACC TCU, right. Texas tech. Nah, don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on that now. But before we we break up too, uh, and and end our conversation, what also struck me was how weak the pack, <laughs> yeah. and and how weak they're gonna look when you look at, you know, their top twenty five team. You have USC in there, and they're going to the Big Ten. You have Oregon, who is now rumored to be talking to the Big Ten. That conference is in major pro- a major trouble, and I I don't I can't see them as a national contender this year. It to it to me seem in my personal opinion, when you contenders, you have the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Big Twelve, and then Pac twelve. I don't you know unless Caleb Williams can figure out something in USC with with Jordan Addison and that offense. I don't know. I it, it just struck me as how how much further down the Pac twelve is than the rest of the. Uh, the rest of the other four power fives. You know, I feel like Lincoln Riley gives me a little bit of Cliff Kingsbury. Like he just happened to be the right place, right time and maneuvered his way into the right position, but that doesn't mean he can coach. Like that's yeah. that, that energy gives me. So I don't know how him, he and Caleb Williams are going to do and how the program is going to be, but needless to say, 
I think when they get to the Big Ten, they're not going to be as a factor that they think they're going to be, right? And it's just weird to me. I still right. go back yeah. to a California team playing like Indiana on a Tuesday. Like, you know, okay. I, I'm exaggerating all, but y'all know what I'm saying. Right. And then when you look at the ACC Big Ten Challenge and how that's going to be done away with this new uh, TV deal and how it's going to pretty much be an ACC-SEC challenge coming up here soon, which I don't really want. And that's another topic for another day when it comes to basketball because the SEC is starting to get a little bit better. Yep. <laughs> and our one staple and claim to fame is our basketball. So, like, we could not not do that. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you brought up a good point about like the big 10 and how that's going to look in the future. Like, yeah, you're getting a lot more money, but think about like the life of some of those athletes, like the logistics. Yeah. Like not just football, like think about the, the women's basketball player that from USC that has to go travel to Illinois. Yeah. And then has to fly back and take classes or, or, or do all that work on the road. Okay. That does not sound at all appetizing. For a recruit, I would imagine, right? Wouldn't you rather play, you know, some of the southern schools in the SEC or schools in the ACC, where you know you have the occasional trip to BC, but that's not that's not the same as going from California to all the way across the country. We're playing Rutgers, you know. (laughs) Come on, one more, one more Rutgers stray, one more. Uh Oh, I I have one more month (laughs) weeks to go on about Rutgers, and I might as well just piss off the base before i'm done with all this 100 percent. well last thoughts here before we get you out it obviously is week zero so we know that some big games are coming unc is taking on famu a lot of people are saying it shouldn't be any sort of stress for them drake may is going to do the damn thing what is your assessment of this matchup do you think it's unc's and we don't even need to worry or should i be like a little nervous say, say the teams again i couldn't hear you carolina unc and famu i guess uh, yeah, that shouldn't be any issue for the UNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we think. Famous last words. Then we also have Duquesne playing Florida State. Fame, an easy gimme. It should be a gimme. Didn't, who did Florida State lose to that was an FCS school a couple years ago? Jacksonville State? Yeah, they lost to an FCS school recently. I'm not saying they're going to do that this year. I, I don't know. I, it's just something about this team, though, that I would worry about that. Like just worry about like a what the heck did they just do kind of loss, yeah, 100%. Um, and so I would they're probably gonna just wipe the floor with them. But I, I go back to like you know past seasons where they've had issues in the past, and this is a team that just needs to figure this out now. Um, I I just don't hope I would hope if I'm a a, a fan of that program that this doesn't fall apart for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know. <sighs> crazy things that happened at week zero. Hopefully nothing happens to Adam Sane. For the ACC, we're starting out week zero, week one undefeated. I'm claiming it now because of what it's good for me. Goose is good for the gander. We want everyone to just go ahead and get the dubs out the gate. I mean, Clemson and Georgia Tech, we're going to have to have a conversation. You know, somebody's got to win. It's whatever. Fine. Cool. But hopefully it's a good start to the week or start to the college football season. AJ, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Can you please remind me of where I can find you and all of your work? Yeah, if you want to find me, I am the host of Locked On Boston College. We're getting ready for that run. Uh, I am on YouTube. You can find Locked On BC. If you want to see uh, the Rutgers fans all get mad at me, that's always a fun little read if you're looking for some time to waste. Um, you, I'm also the editor and publisher of 247's Eagle Insider, uh, part of the 247 Sports Network, uh, all Boston College. I have great insight in there. I have camp journals. I have quotes, and I've been talking to players and staff. I've got everything in there. 
professional opinions, analysis, stuff that you're going to want if you want to know about Boston College. No doubt. Guys, come back tomorrow. Jersey Drake is in the building. We have week zero betting action. We actually have games you will be able to bet on and all the craziness that may ensue from that. Get your money right. Bet online. We're going to talk about them tomorrow for Candace Cooper and AJ Black. Until next time.